I wanna to talk to you today about something that's extremely important, and I believe our society and God's people need to know more of, and it's the topic of words. Our words matter. They're extremely important. So I've titled this message, Our Words Matter, Use Them Wisely. I'm gonna say that again. Our words matter, use them wisely. It doesn't take long to figure out in this life that our words can inspire, uplift, bring healing, or they can cut deeply, wound, destroy, stir up dissension, cause wars, the downfall of marriages, friendships, businesses, relationships, and put wedges between family and friends. Our words matter. It wasn't long ago when we had an election and on both sides of political parties and aisles, people were vehemently throwing out words, trying to destroy and discredit the other side or the other party or a candidate. And it was ugly. It was ugly. People were using their words to try to destroy people. We've also had a lot of racial tension in our world and in the United States especially. And all of that's based out of sin and evil and hatred towards one another. People using their words to tear down and bring division and cause people a lot of harm. That is not good. That is not acceptable. As the people of God, as Christians and believers, we should be using our words to bring healing, hope, and unity. In other words, our words matter. Have you heard the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Those are lies. They're all lies. Words actually do carry enormous weight and they can destroy and hurt people. I know things that have been spoken over my life in the past, years and years and years ago. I can bring those up. And if it wasn't for the grace of God and the wisdom of God, those words would still be affecting me today in a negative way. So our words matter. Science actually has a lot to say about this as well. Scientific studies actually show that positive and negative words not only affect us on a deep physiological or psychological level, but they have the, a significant impact on the outcome of our lives. They don't just affect us mentally. They, they affect every aspect of our lives. One study proved that negative words release stress and anxiety-inducing hormones in subjects. Additionally, a study found, in, found increased levels of anxiety in children associated with higher rates of negative self-talk, according to that study's abstract. That's powerful. These, these results suggest negative self-talk plays a role in the generation or maintenance of anxiety in normal children. Words affect us in a positive or negative way, depending on what we're allowing into our hearts and minds. That's why it's so important what we say to other people. Ultimately, negative words 
whether spoken, heard, or thought, not only cause situational stress, but also contribute to long-term anxiety. In their joint written book, Words Can Change Your Brain, Dr. Andrew Newberg, a neuroscientist at Thompson Jefferson University, and Mark Robert Waldman, a communications expert, state a single word has the power to influence the expression of genes that regulate physical and emotional stress. Think about that. One single word can cause you to get all bent out of shape internally and externally, or it can cause enormous positive results simply based on one word. That's power. They go on to say that essentially holding a positive view of ourselves helps train our brain to see the good in others. Our words matter. So what does the Bible have to say about our words? It actually has a lot to say, and God has a lot to say. And as believers in Jesus Christ, especially in this tumultuous time where people are using their words on social media, on the news, um, across all different kinds of platforms to spew venom and hatred. God wants us as his people to use our words to bring life and healing. So we're going to learn a little bit about what God says about our words and the power of our words. Proverbs 18.21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. You think about dead things, they're dead. They don't move, they don't exist. They, they have no life in them. That's what words can do. They can, they can bring absolute destruction to a person's life. And this, the opposite is true. When we use our words to encourage, to inspire, to uplift, to help people align with what God says about them, they can bring life and healing and hope. Man, I don't know about you. I want to use my words from this day forward to use them to bring life and healing and hope to people in need. God cares deeply about what comes out of our mouth. John, James, not John, James 1.26 says this. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. That means this, you can do all the praying, read your Bible, go to church, go to Wednesday night service, attend all kinds of things, read lots of books. But if you don't control your tongue, your religion is worthless. It means you're not, you're not a mature Christian if your words are spewing poison consistently. Now, I'm not saying we never mess up or we never make mistakes, but a mature believer is cautious and careful of how they use their words because God cares deeply about what we're saying to other people. In fact, this is what the Bible says. We will all be held accountable for our words. Matthew 12, 34 through 37 says this, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. 
Now listen to this. But I tell you that for every careless word that people speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Those are the words of Jesus. I think we pay attention to what Jesus is saying. Now, as believers in Jesus Christ, when we place our faith and trust in Christ, our sin is paid for, our past, present, and future sin. But all those who have never acknowledged Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord will give an account for their words. That's important. And us as believers, what I want us to see in this passage is that God, Jesus, cares deeply about what we're saying to others. And literally, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if you have a lot of hatred in your heart, eventually that's going to come out and spew over onto other people. And my prayer for you is this, that you would ask God to help you put a, govern, a governor over your mouth so that you would only speak life-giving words and not evil words. Proverbs 11.9 says this, With their words, the godless destroyed their friends, but knowledge will rescue the righteous. I want to read that again. Proverbs 11.9, With their words, the godless destroy their friends, but knowledge will rescue the righteous. You see, as a righteous person, as a person who's being trained by God's word, we learn to put a governor over our mouth that can save us and rescue us from difficult, tumultuous situations because our words can speak words of wisdom that can bring healing, hope, and dismantle very tense situations. But an evil person, a godless person, uses their mouth to destroy other people. Just recently, I saw this article, a news article. It was, it was on TV that, um, I think it was on TV, and, and also it was, it was in printed form as well. But there was this boy, he was so excited. He was going to go to school dressed up as Tony Starks for their Halloween party at school. And he had the, he penciled in this cool mustache and goatee, and, and he had the nice slick suit on. He couldn't have been happier. And right next to him was a picture of Tony Starks. Uh, so you could see um, how alike they looked. One was a junior virgin of the, the, the Tony Stark individual in the Marvel movies, an Iron Man. 20 minutes, 20 minutes later, after his mother drops him off at school, she gets a phone call from the administration that, that her son was weeping and asking for her to come pick him up. You see, some bullies at school, the moment he got there, began to make fun of him. And with their words, they tore him down. They destroyed him. And he ran into the bathroom crying and weeping. He wiped off all his makeup. He took off. He didn't want to be Tony Starks anymore. And you see a picture of him crying with no makeup on in the back of his mom's vehicle. The cool thing about this, this, this uh, story is that he had the boldness to go back to school and he dressed back up as Tony Stark. His mother talked some sense into him and he went back and he proved those bullies wrong. So I thought that was amazing. But we can see that words destroy. 
I know this personally in my own life. I used to destroy other people. Yes, me. Until God showed me the power of my words and how my words can be influential for good or bad. You see, in junior high, our church had this lock-in for young people, for junior high and high school students. And uh, if you don't know what a lock-in, it's a 24-hour, you're, you're staying at a gymnasium. This happened to be a YMCA. And my friends and I made the decision we were going to make fun of this girl. I called her a fat Twinkie. I know. It's completely horrible. I can't even believe those words came out of my mouth. But we, we called this girl that. And it happened to be the pastor's daughter. And we were actually friends with her. It was, and so I didn't really think anything of it at the time. But later on, the pastor's wife called myself and my friends together and said, Corey, you destroyed my daughter. She's crying. She can't stop thinking about the words that you spoke to her. She, she has been insecure about her body and you destroyed her. And by the way, she wasn't fat. She, she was a beautiful young girl. But I think about that today, how horrible those words were. And they were, did nothing but destroy a person. And God, as when God began to deal with me in my own life, he said, Corey, I never want you to use your words to destroy people, people that have been made in my image. I want, them, I want you to use your words to help them discover who I am and the incredible plan I have for them. Uplift, encourage, and strengthen the body of believers and even those who don't know me because I love them. And so I made a decision. I'm going to use my words for great good from this day forward. And I am so excited. I get to use my words today to help other people. I also have another story, a story of when I was in college. I, <clears throat> I was working, not working. I had to write several papers, obviously in college for various professors. And while I was in college and had these assignments, I turned my assignments in, these papers, and one professor said, you write too elementary. Your, your, your writing level is not at a collegiate level, and I'm docking your papers for that. I think you need to write better. Well, those words almost destroyed me. I didn't want to write scholarly. I wanted to write so the average person could understand what I had to say. And then I had another professor, professor use his words to destroy me, saying, your paper was hideous. Um, he used a lot of inappropriate, vulgar words, which I'm not going to repeat. But those two incidents shaped my ability to not want to ever write again. And little did I know that was keeping me from my destiny and purpose. Fast forward several years later, and God began to stir my heart that he wanted to use me to communicate to his people about who he is. And so when I was working for 
a church in Atlanta called Hope and Life Fellowship, an amazing church. They had a magazine that all of the leadership in the church, they had to write articles in their monthly magazine. And so as the College of Career and Young Adults Director at the church, they asked me to write articles for this magazine. And I was terrified to do it, but I had enough courage to write for this magazine. And there was a gentleman who came up to me and said, oh my gosh, you're an incredible writer. He goes, if I didn't know that you wrote those articles, I would have thought this well-known Christian author would have written it. And those were life-giving words to me. You see, a couple professors used their words to destroy me while somebody else saw what God saw in me and used his words to speak life. Little did I know, God took me back to fifth grade when I won a writing award because I wrote this story with a moral to the story. And that was a seed that God had put in me and that had remained dormant for many years because I was afraid to write because of the negative words that were spoken over me. You see, that's what the enemy wants to do. He came to seek, kill, and destroy and keep us from experiencing his best, God's best. And he, the enemy is using people who will let him use them to destroy others and sow seeds of doubt, discord, anger, resentment, and bitterness, causing division and disunity. But Christ came that we might have life. And as the, whole, as the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Christ lives in believers, God wants us to get in tune with him, that we might speak words that bring healing and hope and help people step into their God-given destiny. So I have a question for you. What lies have you come to believe about yourself because of what others have said about you? What lies have you come to believe? And my prayer after this message is that you would understand that God wants to destroy those strongholds in your mind and that he, that those negative words will be replaced with the truth of what he says about you. I have another question. What lies have you come to believe about others because of what someone said to you about them? In other words, gossip. Gossip is poison. It causes us to look through a distorted lens or half-truths that poisons our minds and our hearts towards those people. We see that happening in the news in, in, on social media. People are trying to create distrust so that we don't operate the way God wants us to. And I want to encourage you to rise above those lies. Turn the lies off. Turn, sometimes turn the news off. And listen to a new channel, the channel of God. Get into the word of God and help and learn what he says about others and speak truth in love over other people. <clears throat> See, our words can bring life to people. They can be a lifeline 
a now word that can demolish strongholds and lies people have been believing about themselves or other people. But when the truth is spoken, it can tear down those strongholds and bring healing and hope. Proverbs 18.4 says this, a person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. I don't know about you, but if you just got done running a long distance or you've been out working in the yard for a long time and you're dying of thirst, when you get that cool glass of water, it's so refreshing. It's so life-giving. That's the way words are that are brought to you by somebody who's bringing life and healing words. <clears throat> My buddy Albert, when he spoke those words to me at Hope and Life Fellowship saying, I was a gifted writer. Pursue that. Fan into flames that gift. That was an amazing, life-giving word to me. In fact, it encouraged me to launch a blog. And I started sharing out of my own story from brokenness to wholeness. And within two months of me launching this blog, the largest Christian newspaper company in the country contacted me at that time. Said, we love how you write. We're looking for new writers. What would you think about writing for us? And that began a published writing career for me. That ultimately led me to start working for Destiny Rescue as their senior writer. You see, one person's words fanned into flame a gift that was dormant on the inside of me, that God was fanning into flames. And he used those words to help me step into my God-given destiny. Do you see potential in other people? Do you see what they could become in the sight of God? And through, through your words, you can help them get there? Our words have enormous power to bring healing and hope to others. I had, at one season of my life, I had a neighbor, and she went through this very difficult season. She was a Christian, and her job was very demanding and difficult. She began to be stressed out with that. And she was getting older in life. And so she wanted to get married and she was in a dark pit, so to speak. And she made a poor decision to start dating this guy and eventually got pregnant. And she made another difficult decision where she had an abortion. And when I say she was in a dark hole, a deep pit of despair, that was an understatement. She wanted her life to be over. She realized she made a poor decision to have an abortion, that she felt like she was a second-class citizen, that she couldn't rebound from this difficult, tumultuous storm that she was in. She couldn't see the way forward. And one day the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Corey, go take her out to dinner and help her discover what I say about her. And through our conversation, I began to speak the truth of God's word, that she is loved, that she's valuable. There's no mistake you can make that God can't redeem and restore, that he can't bring healing and hope to one day that you can even use these difficult things that you've been, been through to bring hope and be a lifeline for others. It was like wind was being blown into her sails. It was a floating device tossed to her in a deep, dark storm on a raging sea. And life, healing, and hope began to return to her. Today, she's thriving in life. 
And she's going about her life furthering the kingdom of God, wanting to fulfill the assignment which God gave her. You see, our words have power to bring healing or they can kick people when they're down. I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you, lift people up with your words. Come into agreement and alignment with what God says. If you don't know, search the scriptures. Spend time daily with God and learn what he says about you and others and learn to speak those things. Another thing I've learned is don't withhold your words when you're speaking something positive. When something positive comes into your heart, don't let insecurities, jealousy, or inferiority keep you from speaking words of life to others. When a good thought comes into your mind, say it. Don't just think it. Well, my wife, she knows I love her. My husband, he knows I love him. No, say it. Say it with your body language. Say it with your words. Be generous with your words. Never withhold them when you're speaking something life-giving and hope-filled. That's what God would do. Everywhere Jesus went, he was speaking hope, encouragement, and strengthening others. He even used his words to speak the truth in love that would ultimately help people get unstuck, look from a proper vantage point and perspective. Maybe that's you. Maybe today you're facing a very difficult situation and God wants to use you to speak the truth to somebody in love. And when you do, it can bring freedom to them. They might reject it at first, but the Holy Spirit goes to work in their life, ticking at their heart because the truth illuminates. The truth lights our path and helps us get back on course. God wants to use you. There was a worship pastor recently. I was attending this revival in uh, Georgia, in East Georgia. It was awesome. It was out in a barn. And there was this incredible worship leader that was leading God's people in worship. He was secure. He knew who he was. He knew his God-given assignment. For many years of his life, he ran from God. But when God got a hold of his life, he wanted to use his gift to further the kingdom of God. And something inside of me said, go up to him and tell him um, the encouraging words that you're thinking. And so that's what I did. I went and I spoke over him. You're an incredible anointed worship leader. God wants to use you to reach his people. Keep going. Keep fanning into flames the gifts God, the gift God has given to you. You're not trying to uh, prove yourself to anybody. You're comfortable in your own skin. That's amazing. Keep going, brother. He was so encouraged by those words. Don't withhold your words. Another friend of mine, she was going through a difficult season. She was struggling to understand that God loved her and accepted her for who she is and where she was at on her journey to being conformed to the likeness of Christ. She was beating herself up. And one day as I spent time in prayer, I saw a vision of her as a mighty oak tree, an oak tree of righteousness, as it says in Isaiah 61, that was planted for the Lord and, and his good pleasure. I also saw in this vision, there were some dead branches and that the creator of the universe 
The master gardener was clipping off some dead branches, ultimately that the tree could flourish and become all that God wanted it to be. And so I prayed, God, if this is something you want me to share with her, help me to share it at just the right time. So over the course of several weeks and maybe even months, eventually the opportunity presented itself. And I shared these life-giving words with her. And they were like sweet water and a bubbling brook. I could see faith rising inside her to know that she was a righteous, godly woman. And that God saw her as a mighty oak tree, mature and majestic. And that he was cutting out some things because those things would, could keep her from God's best. She received that. And a time later, I can't remember the exact amount of time, we were hanging out again and I was helping her clean out something at her place. And I noticed she had this beautiful oak tree. It was a standalone tree out in a meadow. It was majestic and beautiful. And I said, what is this? And she said, do you not remember? You shared those powerful words with me that I'm a mighty oak tree. And I have this as a reminder of who I am in Christ. A mighty oak tree for his great pleasure. You see, when we speak words of life into people, it causes people to rise to the occasion. It causes people to, to become what God wants them to be. You can use your words to bring life, healing, and wholeness to people. I encourage you to do it. So what do we do when we find ourselves in a stressful, intense situation with another person or with family or a coworker? How should we respond? The Bible actually has a lot to say about this as well. James 1, 19 through 20 says this, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. You see, if we're quick to speak and slow um, to listen, we're going to make a lot of mistakes and we're going to say things we will regret later. That's why the Bible warns us, slow down. If you sense in your flesh, you're going to get angry. You're going to get frustrated you're, because you're offended or hurt by what somebody said. Take a deep breath. Take a step back. Hold your words. Take some time away from the situation and come back when you're calmed down. In doing so, you can speak truth instead of quick words that bring destruction. The story of David and Nabal and Abigail in the Bible is a great example of this illustration. You see, David was in the wilderness running from Saul. It was a very difficult time for David, but he had 600 men that he was leading along with their families, and they happened to be near a man named Nabal and his wife Abigail. It was sheep shearing time, and Nabal was a wealthy man, and he had lots of sheep that were being sheared. And David's men protected the, the shepherds and the sheep while they were protecting, while they were around Nabal's men and belongings, nothing was missing, not even once. So David sent word 
through his men to Nabal and said, can you please provide us some food and drink? We're thirsty and hungry. And Nabal smart, smarted off back and said, I don't know you, you're running from Saul. For all I know, you could be an evil person. And he, 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 was, he said evil things, inappropriate things to David. He, he brought shame to David and his men. And so David ran with his sword and said, all of you mighty men, David's mighty men, bring your sword. We're going to go kill Nabal and all his men and servants. We're, we're going to go kill them because we were offended by what he said. So Nabal stirred up anger. His words stirred up anger. But, but, Na, but Abigail, who had no clue that situation had transpired, had heard from one of her servants, go out and meet David. There may be bloodshed today. So Abigail sent her servants out ahead of her. She brought all kinds of amazing food. And then she hurried out and in humility humbled herself and said, I am so sorry my husband said these horrible things to you. I know that one day you will be king. Don't harm my husband and these men and stain your reputation as the king of Israel. Let God deal with him. So in humility, she said these gracious, life-giving words. And this is what it says in 1 Samuel 25, 32 through 35. It says this, David replied to Abigail, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent me, has sent you to me today. Thank God for your good sins. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, return home in peace. Now listen to this. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. I'm going to read that again. I heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. Abigail gave godly wisdom that was life-giving in the moment. Proverbs 15.1 says this, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Nabal was a man who spoke evil words and caused David to become angry. His words were tense, harsh, sharp, offensive, and it brought disaster. Abigail had humility and her words were filled with grace, kindness, and mercy. And they caused David to heed her advice. And he did not do that horrible thing, tainting his reputation. We can learn a lot from that. <clears throat> Think about your relationships a second. Are you quick to speak and stir up strife and anger with others, with your spouse, your children, maybe a sibling? Maybe a coworker or a boss. Or maybe you're quick to get on social media and rant and rave over the latest news or what, they're, or what people are not doing. Can I encourage you? Use your words to bring life. Use your words in humility to bring healing and hope instead of dissension 
and hatred. Take some time to cool down before speaking to someone in a tense situation. Otherwise, you may say something you'll regret later. Sometimes even for the rest of your life, words can be damaging. You see, you can forgive, but words you can never forget. And so choose your, why, your, your words wisely. Take the humble approach. Be willing to listen and slow to speak. Then you'll be able to speak wisely. That brings healing and wholeness to a situation. <clears throat> so what can we do? We can put some of these principles into practice. Ask God to help you see potential in people and speak it over their lives. I had a friend of mine. He was in college as a communications major. And one day we were in a prayer meeting and the Holy Spirit kept prompting me to say something to him. I saw this mental image in my mind of him preaching in a pulpit and God's people were out in a crowd. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, tell him he's the shepherd, my people. And I was like, this is really scary. I, I don't know that I can say something like this. What happens if I'm wrong? And so as the prayer meeting went on, this image and this still small voice inside me kept saying the same thing. So I said, God, this is really you. Give me the boldness and courage to say something. And so a short after we met, I said, you know, I really felt God was prompting me to say this. I could be wrong, but this is what I saw. He goes, it's really interesting you say that. I've had a desire to become a minister. I had no clue, anything like that. So God was confirming what was in his heart. And today, 20 years later, he's been in ministry this whole time. He's a pastor at one of the largest churches in America. He's a campus pastor. And he's using his life to bring hope to others. It's incredible. So pray that God will give you insight into people's lives, that you can encourage and strengthen them and help them reach their highest potential. Speak healing words over your relationships, your marriage, city, and nation. It's amazing what can happen when we choose to use our words wisely. Jesus only said what he heard the Father saying, and he only did what he heard the, he saw the Father doing. That's, why, that's wisdom. Let us do the same. What we see our Savior doing, what we see the Holy Spirit doing, let us get in step with that. And let us turn from anything that can be destructive for others. Use your words to inspire people to keep going, to never give up on the dream and assignment God put in their heart. Joshua was commissioned by God to take God's people into the promised land. Moses told him to take along with 11 other spies to go in and scout out the land. We all know the story. 10 spies came back with an unfavorable report, while two, Joshua and Caleb, came with a positive report. The words of the 10 spies poisoned the minds of others, and they never stepped into the promised land that God was going to fight for them to, to win against every foe that they had in the promised land. But after that generation died, Joshua and Caleb, led God's people, the younger generation, in, and they conquered all those evil people. 
and they inherited the land God promised to give them. Our words matter. Use them to inspire, not destroy. And I want to encourage you in this. One last thing. Speak truth over your own life. You see, there's internal dialogue going on all the time. And the enemy has access to our um, spirit man. Speak the truth. Speak the truth over your life. Don't come into agreement with the enemy or, the, or lies that your flesh is telling you about yourself. In other words, don't say things like, I'm not good enough. I can never be forgiven. I'm a failure. I'll never get married, never have kids, never fulfill the dream God gave me. All of those are lies. You see, in Christ, in Christ, you're an overcomer. In Christ, you're more than a conqueror. You are well able to do all that God put in your heart. So right now, in closing, I want to speak powerful words over your life that are truths from God's, God's word that can destroy and demolish strongholds, maybe that you've believed, or negative words that people have spoken over you and they've latched a hold of you and you can't seem to shake them. So in the quietness of your heart, I just want you to listen and come into agreement with what God says about you. And then I'm going to pray at the end. But in Christ, you are forgiven. You are righteous. Like you've never sinned. Your past, your present, and future mistakes and sin are forgiven under the blood of Jesus Christ. You are loved. You are a child of God, a royal priesthood. You are enough. You are an overcomer. You, have, you can fulfill the dreams God put in you. What he calls you to do, he empowers and equips. And all of a, heaven stands at attention to help on your behalf reach your highest potential in your God-given destiny. You are talented. You are likable. You are kind, loving, and joyful. You are more than a conqueror. You have self-control. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You are equipped, anointed, and powerful in God. God approves of you, and he is for you. And you are greatly loved by our master and king, Jesus Christ. If you struggle with any of that, know that God wants to help you understand what he says about you. And in, I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll be done. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are listening to this message. I know that you've brought them here because our words matter. Their words matter. And the words that we speak over others matters greatly to you. And I pray, God, that you help them put a governor over their mouth, that, that you would help them be quick to listen and slow to speak. May they speak your anointed, powerful, life-changing words to other people. May they be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that every negative word that was spoken over their lives will be broken in the mighty name of Jesus and that they would see themselves in light of the way you see them as healthy, whole, a victor, and not a victim. That they are righteous, loved, and they can fulfill their God-given destiny. Be with them, guide them, direct their steps. We ask all of this 
in the mighty name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. May you go out in peace. May God be with you as you fulfill your God-given assignment and destiny. God bless.